Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, folks, and welcome to the Elijah Winfrey Show. I'm your host, Elijah Winfrey, joined each week by my fabulous and wonderful co-host, Tony Boucher. We have a great show lined up for you uh, today. Uh, right now, we are experiencing a little bit of a technical uh, delay and difficulty in, in our guest. Um, she hasn't been able to get through at the moment, which is which is tough. Um, so we're going to hope that she she gets through at some point and we can get her on the show today. Um, but we always come prepared, and uh, we, we do have questions from, from listeners of the show that we'll get you to and, and, uh, until we can hopefully get Holly on the show. Um, but as we always do, Tony, let's get the listeners caught up on our week that was, the past week and weekend. What have you been up to? Yes, Eli. Well, I had a wonderful meeting with uh, someone here in South Carolina named Meredith Green, who works very, uh, very passionately with the aging population here. She advocates to make sure that folks who are aging are uh, given the the support and the environment and resources that they need as they uh, enter that last stage of their lives. And so we had a really nice productive conversation about the aging autistic population and what we can do together to help improve the situation for both them and those autistic adults who are caring for aging parents. Both of those are really significant uh, concerns for folks on the spectrum and their families. So that was um, really good to be connecting with with uh, with Meredith. How about you, Eli? You been playing golf? Well, yeah, as uh as you know, I had a tournament this past weekend and um mm-hmm. it didn't go really well. Um I kind of struggled again out of the gate and you know, right now I'm I'm dealing with a uh a two-way miss. So what that means is I'm hitting the ball <laughs> in two different directions. So I have two different different swing thoughts going on. And it makes it extremely difficult to um, have a lot of confidence, you know, as I stand over mm. the ball. The body wants to do one thing, but the mind is doing something else. And it, it's, it's extremely difficult um, to kind of right the ship at the moment. You know, I'm, I'm still confident in that, and, and I'm definitely – 
um, going to continue with the process and 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 try to move forward and and hopefully by summer, you know, things will will work out for for the best. You know, um, there's no panic, so um, you know I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm just going to throw in the towel or give up. I'm not going to do that. Um, it's just going to take more hard work and, and determination. And and uh, I know that there's a lot of good golf left in me, so um, I'll continue to um, think about that. And and uh, um, and when it's all said and done, by the end of the year, you know, the end of the golf season, I'll, I'll be fine. So that's what uh, is going on on the golf front. Um, I do have a few announcements that I would like to share um, before we get going. Um, I will be visiting the Van- Vancouver, Washington, and meeting with uh, a group uh, of developmental. Um, it's an apartment complex where they house developmental uh, adults who are going through mm-hmm. some some issues or, or disabilities. So I'm excited about that. Um, and I get to go down and kind of have lunch with them and talk to them uh, and, and explain to them why I play golf and, and, and how they are all tied into uh, me and, and getting better and raising awareness for, for the causes that are important to me. Um, so I'm excited about that. And, and that's something that I was working on for a, a month or two. Uh, I really wanted to get down there and visit. You know, I was also a part of the um, Miracle League of Vancouver, Washington, and handing out scholarships for kids to play baseball. And that was awesome. We did that last year. And that mm. was amazing. So to get down and connect with it, with another organization, uh, I'm excited about that. I'll also be uh, mentoring um, at the First Tee of Greater Seattle. That starts this week. So I'm excited to, to get going with that. Um, it's always a treat to kind of meet new students um, and, and some of the old students that return and we kind of catch up on stories and, and uh, to be a mentor is, is, is a special thing. It's an amazing thing. Um, you know, I know a lot of the kids look up to, to me, but uh, I in turn look up to them. You know, it, it, it's so important to remind them that they have an impact or they make an impact on, on us as adults. You know, it's not just a one-way street where, you know, they – all they they tend to think sometimes is that it it's it's um it's not about them you know more so than it is than it is us so I'm excited to to be doing that um and giving out some cool swag this week also um handing out some gear to to some awesome individuals who love to play golf and one is on the spectrum and uh, I can't wait to surprise him. So uh, my week is, is getting busy and will continue to get busy. So um, that's how things are going in a nutshell. Things are starting to pick up here. And the weather here is, is beautiful. So I'm very happy about that. I'm very fortunate that, uh, you know, the weather seemed to, to, to have taken a turn for the better. So um, it always improves my mood to a degree. I don't know about you, Tony, but um, I know when I see the sun, when I wake up and see the sun, you know, I – I, uh, it sets my mood um, for the day pretty much. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time outside. It's just too beautiful not to. Absolutely. Well, we, what we're going to do, we're going we're gonna to switch it up a little bit, folks. Um, unfortunately, Holly, um, I don't think she's going to be able to join us today because of the technical difficulties, so hopefully we'll get her back on the show at some point. <laughs> 
in the near future. Um, she's a, she's an amazing individual. I know Tony, you you had mentioned to me that you knew of Holly Bridges, and uh, I, I've studied her work. And you know, she has a podcast um, uh, on YouTube uh, for all the listeners that want to want to check Holly out. Um, she's doing terrific things uh, in the autism community. She's currently in Scotland um, doing some amazing work. And um, I, I can't wait to, to ultimately have her on the show to, to share some of her knowledge. And we had a wonderful talk yesterday about what she's been doing. And, and uh, I kind of explained to her about what I was going through on the golf course. And she mentioned some exercises that uh, she thought would be beneficial to me. So um, I'm definitely going to uh, catch back up with her and, and, and see if those exercises work. So hopefully in the near future, we'll have her back on and we'll get to, to know more about Holly Bridges. Um, but let's transition to questions of the week. Uh, I get so many questions, and this is always a good thing. So just in case we have um, a mishap or technical delay or difficulty, we can always go to questions of the week, and we have some good questions um, that we're going to get into right now. And the first one is from Emma in the U.K., and Emma wants to know, you both seem to enjoy what you do. You seem perfect. Do either of you struggle to maintain this level of positivity when you're not advocating or helping people? I love your show, by the way. Um, Tony, you want to answer that first? <laughs> That's so funny that you have this as our first question because no matter what my week or day is like, I always cheer up when we talk. And that's true of this show. The the guests really just uh, give me a lot of uh, inspiration. You know, being around you is such a positive thing. And it's so funny because I was having one of those moments just before the show started where things just weren't going the way I wanted them to. And I was a little irritated <laughs> And I thought, you know, my alarm went off for me to get to the show. And I was like, you know what? I can just put this away now because I'm going to the show where I can refocus and get my energy in a more positive space. And so that's what I have to say about it. In all honesty, I was having one of those day, non-perfect days today just before the show. Um, and, I, you know, I have a lot of those um, non-perfect times. How about you, Eli? What's your your thought on that? Well, you know, um, I I have to agree with you. You know, I I think one of the common misconceptions of of me sometimes is, you know, I compliment and I I try to create positive vibe when people are around me that they seem to think that uh, it's always like this, and it isn't, you know. it is it is very difficult sometimes, you know. Sometimes I don't want to get out of bed and do anything. I don't want to advocate, you know. I I I have those moments, you know. Um, but uh, in advocating, it, it's also taught me a lot about you know myself and and not giving up and 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 this is how you maintain this level of positivity. You don't always have to. You don't always have to compliment everybody you see. You don't always have to be uplifting every time you're around people. Um, you know, but you, you do try to do your best to be positive. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I don't ever want people to think that, you know, the work that we do, you know, we, we, 
we seem to be uh, perfect in 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 every form and fashion. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've always said that I I I don't ever want to be robotic, right? I don't ever want to feel like as I'm talking to you, um, it's coming off as you know some people would say flaky or not genuine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I if do. I'm having a tough time, if I'm having a tough time, I want you know I I, I will share that. You know, I will let you know that things are not always good. You know, even though I'm advocating, there are days when I'm advocating, mm-hmm. I'm not in the best, of, you know, of, of moods. You know, my mind um, isn't um, always thinking uh, positive thoughts, you know, um, and it, it, it is difficult. So while we enjoy what we do, um, you know, I would say we, we're, not, we're not perfect. You know, I'm not a perfect mm-hmm. I make mistakes every day. I I say some things that I think are uh, good as I'm advocating. It may not be. It may be the opposite, you know, uh, and somebody may have to explain that to me. I, I remember having a guest on the show uh, before you were my co-host, Tony, and I, I said, um, you know, we're all in some way, in some form, um, have a little autism in us. And she kind of corrected <laughs> me, you know, and, and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of set me, I wouldn't say set me straight in a negative way, but kind of got me to understand that sometimes you have to be careful in how you word it and say it, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, somebody yeah. is dealing with something a little bit differently than you, you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's this, kind of idea, you know, with social media and our ability to connect the world, it is really easy to think that people have perfect lives because it's really easy to paint that picture, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you're in public. And the, the issue I have with that is that it sets up this unrealistic expectation that oh if I'm not you know if I'm not as you know as happy as this person or my life doesn't look as together as this person then that that creates this uh, unrealistic expectation that people have to live up to in their minds and I think that's 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 not a good place for us to go. I mean, we're all real people. And so I think it's important to show those vulnerabilities in those areas where we make mistakes or we're, we're not perfect because that's just the human condition. And so it's a balance between what you said about having that positive attitude to carry things through, being willing to be human so that people don't have this idea that, oh, I have to be perfect. That's the big issue I have with um, with fashion and and you know the the models who their skin's airbrushed and their bodies are airbrushed and everything is perfect. I know they don't look that way in real life. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, but but we set up this standard and and it's not realistic for any of us to meet. And I I much would rather that that we are genuine with each other. And and real. I agree. I agree. Well said. I really like that question. Good question. Yeah, me mm-hmm. too. Me too. 
The next one is from Ramesh in India, and he wants to know, do either of you believe the CDC number that 1 in 68 is really um, the official number of kids who have uh, autism? Um, good question. I, you know, I, when I started advocating, I, I, I'd always thought that, Tony, that number was bigger. You know, it wasn't – it was – I didn't really – buy into it, I guess, because I've I mm-hmm. heard a lot of things and, and read a lot of things. You know, uh, at one point it was 1 in 50, um, 1 in 48, you know. So it, it, it for me, it's always been kind of hard to um, go with that um, and be completely comfortable in, in believing mm-hmm. that, you know. I've, I've tried to do my homework on that because I know it's, it's that's that can't be the number, you know, and and I don't want to I don't want to knock the CDC. Um, uh, that's not what I'm what I'm trying to do. But I, I've always felt like, you know, um, it, it's more than you think. Um, uh, and I think sometimes we we use these numbers to escape things um, and and not be completely upfront. What what are you What are your opinions on that? Question is taking me back to my high school years when I first learned about autism, and I actually became fascinated about it back then. And I believe back then the numbers were 1 in 10,000 is what they used mm-hmm. to say. And I I believe that, you know, numbers can, numbers are neutral. They can either help us with a, achieve a certain goal or get in the way of that. And and I believe that we, you know, we have to look at those numbers as a little bit fluid. I think that 1 in 68 is a lot closer uh, to realistic than that 1 in 10,000. Back when they used to quote 1 in 10,000, they were really looking at those folks who were severely, severely affected by uh, speech issues and sensory issues in a way that they were, a lot of them were institutionalized and gave off real classic uh, indications of of autism. And, of course, our definition uh, today has has expanded a little bit and continues to do so as we look at how females show up on the spectrum. So those numbers of 1 in 68, I, I strongly believe, do not accurately reflect the number of girls and women on the spectrum. Right. Because, you know, because as we've talked about this before, those females are not, they're not showing the classic signs. We don't have a good way to test them. So we, we know, you know, we know that we don't really have an accurate read. It's probably, you know, if you're needing to use a number to give an idea to make a point, one in 68 is probably a good thing to, to drive home the fact that, hey, chances are you know somebody on the spectrum and autism is something that affects you, so it makes sense that we really have an understanding and really start thinking about how to make sure that the world we create is a good place for everyone, including folks on the spectrum. So I think the number can be helpful if we use it in that way, but I definitely would not call it an absolute, that it's just a guide. And it's a tool that we can use to, 
you know, to have a conversation about uh, folks on the spectrum and, and how we can meet people's needs. I agree. I agree. And that's the thing, right? I mean, you know, you, 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 we want to definitely have the conversation, um, which I feel, um, you know, as we uh, wind down, you know, the month of April, um, we, we want to continue to keep, you know, autism to the forefront, you know, and um, that leads to our next question from Luke in New Jersey. And Luke wanted to know, uh, as April closes, so does autism awareness. How do you keep it going? Luke, you know, um, this has been one of my things that since advocating for autism um, that, that I've seen constantly from uh, not advocates, uh, but but just uh, people who um, they start out wanting to help and then as you know, we get to May and then June and July. It just seems like we we take autism and we we put it in the closet, and it's like like a suit. You know, you you, you wear it once, you put it back in, and and you, you take it back out the next year. You know, um, and to me that that's been the frustrating part in advocating. Um, sometimes you know, I I've been told that uh, you know that the best time for you to advocate is only in April because nobody really listens, you know, the rest of the year. You know, I was actually told that, and that that <laughs> broke my heart. Um, and it, it also let me know where we are in this world as far as who we want to help, when we want to help them, and how we want to help them. Um, and, 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 it, and I think that's sad. So, you know, I, I, I've always tried to, to um, advocate whether – I'm on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. I, you know, I try to post pictures and and I try to uh, let folks know that this is this is every day. This isn't a, a month. This isn't a day. This is every day. Uh, a lot of these families are are really uh, having a hard time uh, getting the services that they need. Uh, and you know, we need more people out here in the field helping. Um, and not just uh, donating five or ten dollars and then thinking they've done their job and, and they don't have to listen to it anymore. You know, I, I'm trying to um, reverse that process because I know it is hard for families who uh, speak up and say, you know, it seems like the only time that we're thought about is is during the month of April when we go on these walks or we do these these runs, and then everybody seems to to shut down. Um, and not focus on it as much until something um, tragic happens, and then they want to then they want to use autism as a, a negative piece in explaining why you know um, uh, there's an there, there was an incident or an accident. You know, how do you how do you feel about it? When have you ever mm-hmm. been told that uh, uh, <laughs> April is the only time to advocate? That just blew my mind when, when I was told that. <laughs> I never heard anything like that in my life. This is a first for me, Eva, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. I I will say, you know, I was just joking with uh, a couple of uh, women on the spectrum the other day about how uh, they're going to actually need to take the month of May to recover from Autism Awareness Month mm-hmm. because there's a lot of inaccurate stereotypes that go around, you know, 
at that time, you know, at any time actually, but it's just more prevalent. And so it can be very, you know, for a group of people who've been marginalized marginalized and uh, thought of in many cases as, as less than human or not being able to have the right to have their own opinions or for their own opinions not to be respected and heard, it, it can be really a sore spot to hear uh, people sharing misinformation. So, you know, we've we've talked a bit about that in the past, how it, it's a really stressful time for a lot of the autistic adults Absolutely. To, you know, to deal with that. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I figured that I'd... I'd uh catch you off guard with that I when I was when I was told that I just you know I I didn't know what to say I you know my next response was you know was unbelievable that's all I could say you know as I was being told that um and and I think a lot of families feel that you know they get that 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 vibe um when they when they're out and they're seeking services you know um it's so I, I I think you know yeah, and I think I think that's an issue that that we, you know, it's. I think that when you have something like any kind of awareness time, I think you hit an, a really important issue here, and that mm-hmm. is anytime you have any kind of awareness or event, it's easy for people to give their five or ten dollars, like you said, and then feel like okay. That's it. But these families and these people are living it every day, day in and day out. And so means that the work is done just because you gave your five or ten dollars. It's like just because right. you, you know, recycled your water bottles, you know, it doesn't mean we're doing everything we can to protect the environment. It's the same thing where we can we can really get complacent or really get kind of into thinking, okay, everything is good now because I've, I've done my little part. And not that I'm discouraging that, but I think it's really, really important not to just think, okay, that that's all that needs to happen now. Because like you said, there are families day in and day out who are living with a lot of challenges that, uh, that aren't solved by doing any kind of awareness. Martin. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that's, that's a good really question. important. You know, Really important issue that you brought up with Hot. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Let's go to our next question. Next question is from Kayla, and she wants to know. Kayla is in Columbia, South Carolina. She wants to know, Tony. I know you got asked this a lot on the show, but have you given any more thought to having your own show? <laughs> well. Clothes are imperfect parts. I think this is a good place to do it. I love doing this show because, Eli, you keep me on task. And I'm so inconsistent on my own. Uh, Like, I have a YouTube channel and I do some writing online. But it's, you know, one of the important things when you're doing a show is to have consistency so that you're, you know, you're your listeners know exactly when you're going to be there so you're predictable for them and I'm not very predictable so I'm really happy right now uh doing you know doing the show here with you where I 
you bring you make me a better person because you bring me to that predictable level. And if I was on my own, I think I would have a hard time with that. In all honesty, that's a that's a that's a great answer. And and Kayla, you know, just for the record, I I think uh, hosting her own show. Um, you know, I get tons and tons of emails like this asking, when is Tony going to do her own show? Um, Tony is amazing. She's out. She's this. She's that. Her voice, she captivates, you know, me as a listener. Um, and I think it's great. Um, I don't want her to to leave me. Um, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I don't know. You keep asking these questions. <laughs> but, but you know, I think it, it goes to the the testament of, of how good you've been in sharing your knowledge and uh, being that, that other voice that was, I think, badly needed um, uh, on this show. And, you know, I, I, I've always been all for it. I mean, I, I, I've seen your YouTube channel. Um, uh, I, I think you would be uh, amazing, you know. Um, and I think, you know, when I when I used to coach uh, at the first tee of Seattle and um, I, I left there, the one thing I told the kids, you know, um, that were becoming junior coaches, I'd said at some point, Ton, right, and you mm-hmm. you 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 kind of you step back and you let you know the next group of individuals who are very talented deliver their message in their way right and it's it's just as powerful but you learn as you step back right some of the things that uh, that you may not have had in your toolbox um and you start Growing and and maybe one day you you step back in that in that role but um, you know I, I've always been all for uh, Tony being um, you know having her own show or or, or being uh, the host of this show and I kind of say Tony I'm going to take this week off you got the show you know <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I but but I honestly think you you'd be great at it um, I your work speaks for itself. And uh, it, it always has, and um, I think that's why we get a lot of these questions all the time um, because they see, you know, what you bring to the table. Um, it, it's it's um, it's very knowledgeable. So thank you for that question. Yes, thank you, Kara. Let's move on to Helen in New York. Helen wants to know, Elijah. I know golf is your getaway from things, and it's also your platform. I want to know, do you ever get tired of playing? And, Tony, I would like to know, what's your getaway when you, when you just want to relax from it all? Um, do I ever get tired of playing golf? Uh, yes, I do, absolutely, positively. Um, and, you know, a lot of that is my, is my body talk to me a lot when I'm practicing and when I'm playing. And, um, you know, there's going to come a day very soon where I won't be able to do this physically. Um, you know, mm-hmm. all of the, the the injuries, you know, they, they've started to, to catch up. And, you know, when when it takes you 
um, longer to recover. And I'm just I'm not just talking about physically. I mean mentally. You know, um, you tend to lose a little bit of that desire. Um, golf has been very therapeutic for me on a lot of levels. Um, it helps me deal with PTSD. Um, it, it helps me uh, deal with things that I know that I need to deal with in order to be a better person. Uh, and so I, I, you know, there are times where I worry that when that day comes where I can't play at a level that um, uh, I feel comfortable at, um, I'll have to find that next, you know, vice, you know, and I'm hoping that it's, I'm, I'm, I know it's my it's my nonprofit and it's the radio show. Um, it gives me great joy to to get out and and, and help individuals. But you know that day of me not playing golf um, is coming um, maybe within a year or or two where I I won't be doing this anymore. And uh, you know I've talked to my wife about it, and you know. Um, you know, we, we, we have these discussions where she'll say, you know, you love golf, you know, you, you, you're you not going to really stop playing. And and then I have to, you know, kind of tell her, you know, the body is, the mind is saying I can play as long as I want, but, you know, when twisting and turning um, at, a, at a high rate of speed, you know, it, it takes a toll because it just compounds the other injuries that, unfortunately, I, I deal with. So, um but yes, I, I do get tired of playing sometimes. But that's why I have a little break too. So when the season's over, I kind of put away the clubs and focus on the the community. So what? So what about you, Tony? What, what's your what's your getaway to relax from it all? You know, I had a lot of getaways. I love to read. I love to. I love to learn. Like to, you know, I love the fact that on the internet now, if something you know comes up that piques my interest. I can just go online and research it. And I, I'm, I've I'm, really got a lot of artistic urges in me, so I like to, to draw and paint and create. I like to make jewelry. Uh, I, there are so many things that I just like to do. But I, I will say the one theme that each of the getaways have in common is I really like to take downtime where I spend time alone. I really need that, like time that I'm not with other people. And Mm. that would be, I think, the commonality is just my getaways really do. Some people get a lot of energy and revitalization from being around other people. And I get my batteries recharged when I'm truly spending time by myself. I like that. I like that. And, and you know, I, I feel like I, I'm the same way, you know. I, I love those moments when it's just me. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can yeah. kind of sit back and, and recharge and, and uh, think of my next, you know, plan of action and, and, and what I want to do. But uh, that's a good answer, Tony. Now, before we before we end the show, uh I wanted to uh, just mention uh, that I have been thinking more and more about writing a book. I know we we kind of ended the show last week mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. Tony's amazing book, and it got me thinking um, about 
um, writing the book or doing an audio book. Um, I, I definitely know now that I, I do want to share um, my journey with the public um, just so that they, they have a better understanding of who I am and, and, and where I'm trying to go and who I'm trying to be as a person. The title of the book, I I have no idea. I, I've I, Tony, I know we 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 chatted briefly after last week's show, um, and I, I thought of some titles that you know, Eli versus Elijah or Eli Elijah, um, the the many whatever you know, <laughs> the many thoughts of, of mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I'm 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 thinking about at least that part of, of, of the process. Uh, I know it, it's tough to to get started, um, but I know I could pick your brain, and, and um, I know you definitely helped me um, kind of get the ball rolling on this. You know, I wouldn't know um, where to start, uh, how long it should be, and that's something that I would love to sit down and, and, and chat with you about um, because I know your process, as you said, took some time and, you know, I, and, and I wanted to ask you this, you know, your thoughts into your book, um, did you, as you were writing it, did you have any um, moments where you said, no, I want to, I want to, I want to put this in because I'm thinking it right now. Like, did you have any in the moment thoughts as you were writing down something that you may have gone through or experienced? I definitely had moments where I felt inspired where the words just, you know, they just flowed or flew, however you say that. And Mm -hmm. there were definitely moments where it it came together very, very intuitively like that. I knew from the beginning what I wanted the book to be about. I knew that, you know, from having spent so much time talking with the folks that I had work with throughout the years but it needed to be a positive book that it needed to address the 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 medical model of what autism is or the pathology and I knew that up front uh, what what I really struggled with was coming up with a consistent voice throughout and I had to really go back and revisit everything that I wrote to make sure that it was in a consistent voice. I I always find that it's easier to write more and it's harder to write less, but the quality is better if you say exactly what you need with the fewest words possible. So mm. I did a lot of cutting back so that there was, you know, if there was something that I maybe said a couple different ways a couple different times. And that's hard because you'll be like, I like how I said that. And it's like, but you said it here already. So which (laughs) way do you want to say it? (laughs) You know, you don't, you have to really be willing to, it's easy to put the words out there and then you have to make decisions, tough decisions about how much, you know, is enough and how much is too much. And that was something I really you know, was a challenge for me because we, we like, we, we do tend to get uh, attached to our words. 
So I don't know if that really answers your your question 100%, but it's kind of where my mind went with with the question that you asked. And I think it's it does, it's it, great that you're wanting to do that. Yeah, it it you you answered my question. And and like I said, I we'll talk more about this, you know. Yeah. Um um when we're not on the show, but uh it 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 kind of really got me going and and I've definitely been thinking about it more and more um as the days go by, it's something that uh, it's always been a dream to to do something like that, you know. And 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 being around and meeting other authors um, and learning about their process, you know, you in the beginning you kind of think, "Oof, that process! Wow, I don't know," you know. But then you realize, you know, <laughs> you have a story to tell. You have a story to tell, and yeah, yeah. if you if you if you really want to tell it, then you you have to go through that and understand that part of the process. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's it's funny because I didn't realize how much work it was going to be for me. I know some people write a book and they say, "Oh, I wrote it in a weekend or whatever." That wasn't that wasn't me. I did a lot of revisions and it took me quite a bit of time to do it and I it was it was work. I'm I'm going to be honest about that. It was a lot of work. But it was definitely it was something I enjoyed and it was definitely worth it. And I really encourage, you know, our listeners out there to be thinking about that too for themselves. You know, right. it doesn't have to be something that everybody reads. But if you're thinking about writing a book to share your experience, whether it's just you know, just to get it out there for yourself, so that for you to see, you know, where you've come, how far you've come, I think that's a great a great exercise to do or maybe you're just going to do it for your family or or you know for one person that you have in mind i i really encourage people to to give it a try and you really have nothing to lose and you can learn so much by by doing it it's definitely a worthwhile a worthwhile thing to spend your your energy on and i'm really glad that you're you're going to move forward with with yours that's very exciting to me Absolutely. Well, folks, that's about it for the show today. And uh, once again, Holly Bridges was unable to be with us today due to technical difficulties. She did send me a email, and she's very heartbroken about it. Um, but, again, we hope to have her on the show at some point. We'll just reschedule uh, Tony? her. We'll get her, we'll yeah, get her on. Yeah, we will. Absolutely. Yeah. What are you up to this week? Well, I think I'm going to take some time to relax this weekend. If the weather's going to be beautiful, I would love to spend it with my kids. How about you, Eli? Are you golfing? I am going to no golf uh, mentoring, and you know I'm going to continue to let the body recover a little bit, um, and and also have fun fun with family and think more about this book. You know, Um, yeah. So that'll be that'll be what I'll be doing in a nutshell. So not. Not too much. I'll be enjoying the sun too. So um, the healing is important. Here. The downtime is important. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, folks, continue to get out in the community and help those who need help. Grab a hand, make someone or something better. You see a homeless person, and all you have is a quarter, a dollar, a dime. Give it. Give it. It goes a long way. And I promise you, in giving, you will see that benefit come back to you. 
Have a great week. Have a great weekend. This has been the Elijah Winfrey Show on blogtalkradio.com. Bye-bye.